Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, yo. What's up, guys? It is Monday morning. It is uh, after a weekend of really good archery tournaments or events that have gone down, and I've come to tell you what you've missed. So the first off, uh, the first one that I like to talk about is the West Coast Archery Last Chance Broadhead Shoot that is held up at the Dutra's Ranch in Petaluma, I believe, and I think it's put on in part by the Sonoma County Bowman, but I'm pretty sure. It's West Coast Archery that puts it on. Uh, I know, like, Rudy was working the event. Uh, Alan was working the event. Joe was working. I should have been working, but instead I went and shot it. <laughs> I, paid a, I paid my entrance fee and shot it instead and just weaseled out of doing any help, which, uh, you know, I should probably shot. I'll try to make up for it because it, everyone worked really hard and put on a really good event. But... Um, it was really cool. It was the first time I've shot any type of broadhead tournament, and uh, I went in with very high expectations. I think when you shoot a lot of, when you, when you feel like you get, uh, what's the word, without sounding too cocky, when you feel like you gain competence in something, I believe is when you can go do something, that whatever that something is, and bet money on yourself to win it. And so the uh, the broadhead shoot started on Saturday morning with a pack race. Now the flyer said four mile pack race, and this is a pack race where you take your hunting pack, and they're gonna put a fifty pound sandbag in it, and then you're gonna have to hike around a course and shoot animals. Um, each animal is going to be time off of your overall time, your finish time. And I believe it was five animals. So how did I prepare for that? Well, without getting into the bow setup first, what all I did was I just woke up every morning and hiked around town with a 50-pound, with a, my backpack with two 50-pound weight plates in it. I would do about two miles a day because I figured that I, you know, I was training for four, <laughs> expecting four, and uh, I was thinking, like, when people train for marathons, they don't run a 100-mile, or I'm sorry, 25-mile, like, stints, or 24-mile stints, like, what they do is they, they run the amount of mileage, they run, like, smaller segments, that at the end of the week, it adds up to a marathon, so I, I was trying to do, like, one mile, one and a half miles, two miles a day to go way over and be like in good shape for a four miler. Um, with that being said, uh, it turned out to be a two miler and I was like, sweet, even better. I got this in the bag. This is one, one and done. I also trained for this by taking my bow like with me and backpacking around uh, Redwood Bowman's course and shooting and hiking and shooting and hiking and 
So I was, get, I was getting used to shooting with the backpack on. Um, you know, I was getting my sight marks for my hunting bow. So this is the other thing. The bow is, is hunting, what they call hunting tackle. So it's no lens. You, the front bar has to be under 12 inches. And that's really the only, the only things that kind of like frame how your bow should be. So I have a Matthews V3 for hunting. And I know maybe some target people are like, whoa, this has nothing to do with me. Well, okay, I'm setting this V3 up for competition. I'm not setting it up for hunting. So what does that mean? First, I really did not give a fuck about how the broadheads flew. Granted, I should have because Sunday was all broadheads. Um, but basically, I set it up for shooting a field, uh, a field round. So the first thing I did was, you know, I have my arrows built just pro they're like pro hunters or they're black labels they're gold tips um i got two stabilizers put a little bit of weight on and my friends know that at first i was running no weight on my hunting bow because i thought okay i'm just gonna this is gonna be a hiking setup i'm gonna keep it super light and as long as i can hit paper or close to a dot that should be lethal enough um but what I was noticing was, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to be shooting against guys like Alan, guys like Rudy. Uh, those guys all set their bows up to as accurate as possible. So I threw a back bar, front bar on it, and started adding weights, adding a little bit of weight here and there. And in the end, I had a setup that is arguably heavier, or at least bar-wise, stabilizer-wise. I had 10 ounces on the front, 10 ounces on the back which is pretty close to, I mean, it's a little lighter than my, uh, my target setup. But, you know, it's a shorter axle axle bow, so the added weight kind of evens out. It gets you right into, puts me right into this comfortable zone of a place that I've been before. So it seems like a heavy, heavy uh, hunting bow. It, yeah, sure it is, but it's no different than something I've shot uh, plenty of times before. So with tons of weight on, that bow shot so good. With no lens, I was shocked. So just so, so everyone knows, I shoot an eight power lens. Uh, I sh always shot an eight power lens. And a lot of people make fun of me. My buddy John used to call my scope, you know, a Hubble. And it's because I got tiny arms. Yeah, it's all those things. Uh, I really like being able to see a big target that I'm aiming at. And sure, my pin floats crazy, but you learn how to work with it either slow it down or you work with it uh so yeah i've always loved the eight power leds but oh i'm sorry guys it's like 5 30 it's five in the morning um but shooting with no lens taught me a bunch of stuff shooting without a lens you can feel when shots are not going in you can feel you don't focus so much on what you're seeing you focus more on what you're feeling because you can put a pin on there with no lens and just be like, boom, there it is. And then rip it and be like, well, why is it not in the middle? Well, if it's not in the middle, figure it out. And a lot of it was inconsistencies in my bow hand and a release hand. But, you know, you, you, I ended up working it out and ended up feeling pretty good uh, regardless. So, um, 
Anyway, I'm, I'm going way off track. So I'm talking about the pack race still. So the pack race. My brother comes. My brother's kind of a. I'm not gonna say a, an athlete, but at one time, he was an athlete. He uh, used to do triathlons. So he got he got a, a smell that there was a pack race going on, and he signed up for it. And uh, so me and Mikey, Mikey's my brother. We uh, we met up there, and we saw the competition. It was like a bunch of grizzled hunters. It was like pretty much. Oh, this is hard to explain. I've never seen anything like this before. Hold on, I need to drink some coffee. Okay, so the type of guys that we saw up there, a lot of Kuyu, right? A lot of Sitka, a lot of uh, a lot of top to bottom camo Badlands stuff. You know, they look like legit hunters, and I thought, well, if I know your average hunter, we got this thing in the bag. We got this thing wrapped up. Average hunters, you know, either sit in a tree. They don't do any hiking there. I mean, my dad's a hunter. I consider myself a hunter, even though I, I am absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> my buddy Rudy's a hunter, all right? Uh, no one that I know that's a hunter can I, ex- can I expect to run a decent 40-yard dash. You know what I mean? So... We're looking at these guys, and yeah, some of these guys are slim, but it looks like, you know, for the lack of a better word, easy pickings. And me and Mike are already celebrating. We were like, oh man, what are we going to do with this pack? You know, the, the first first place prize was a Stone Glacier pack, which is a really nice backpack. And the, the game plan was me and Mikey were going to help each other uh, do really good on this, on this race and then give that pack. We we're going to win it for my dad because it was Father's Day. And uh, and we're gonna give it to him, me because I, I don't need a stone glacier pack. I have Kuyu everything, right? And Mike doesn't need it because he doesn't hunt. He's he's a hiking guy, so we were we were feeling very cocky. And then uh, we're leaving like so every five minutes, four people or no five people will leave in a wave, right? And uh, we're watching the first wave of guys take off, and there's a dude with a trad bow, and he just goes sprinting. <laughs> right when it's time to go, he books it. And now keep in mind, this is sprinting with a 50-pound weight pack on. We were kind of like, I don't know what, I couldn't see Mike's face because I was too busy with my jaw on the floor. <laughs> Did that guy just take off running? And so, uh, you know, the couple more waves go, and then uh, me and Mike here left. And uh, the me and Mike are watching these guys go. And when me and Mike are up, I turn to Mikey and I say, "Hey, Mike, we have to we have to sprint." And Mike gives me the nod. They give us the go sign. We take off sprinting, and about two hundred feet, like we turn a corner uh, out of everyone's view and go right back into walking. <laughs> and at that moment, we're both. I, well, I can't speak for Mikey, but I was right on the edge of throwing up. And then uh, and then that's when the hike actually starts, where we have to hike uphill. We start uh, shooting. So we, we have our first target inside the first quarter mile. I smoke it. Uh, I see a bunch of other guys throw it in the dirt. Uh, about an eighth of a mile from that, we have our second target. I smoke it. 
more guys throw it in the dirt, and I'm feeling so good because I'm like, I'm the only guy that's hitting the ten ring on these animals. Um, okay, so I'll just fast forward to the end. I'm like barely crawling across the finish line. Everyone that has run has is already finished and is back at the finish line clapping. And um, I find out that not only am I last, if not second, or I might be like close to last, uh, but all the really good shooting I was doing was barely making up for the time it took me to shoot those shots. Because I'm still shooting all these things like a target shooter, a ranged target. And because these are 3D targets, I'll glass the target, find the 10 ring, you know, find a reference. What am I going to aim at? You know, draw back, execute a good shot, oh, breathe, you know, visualize, uh, and then get back to hiking. In that time, and you guys all know this, you're all freestyle shooters, uh, we take forever to fire two decent shots. So I pretty much nullified all that good shooting by shooting like a target shooter. The trad guy won it, I think he was like 27 minutes or something, 26 minutes. Basically a half hour, he did two miles for 50 pounds. That's a 13 minute mile. Uh, and my brother was asking me, dude, how do we train for this next year? And I told him, uh, no, this is basically my answer. Uh, I, don't, I don't intend to ever run with 50 pounds on, but I will do this event again because it is really fun. Um, that was on Saturday. Sunday, oh, also Saturday, they had this thing called the Rolling Field Point Shoot. So Rolling Field Point is kind of like, um, if you guys ever did the Sportsman's Warehouse, Sportsman's Warehouse has a 3D shoot, or no, I'm sorry, the Sportsman's Expo is like uh, a shoot that Wilderness puts on. It's a 3D shoot that Wilderness Archery puts on in Sacramento where you're shooting in a big parking lot and there's a bunch of 3D animals. They all have very tiny orange dots. You stand in a position and then you shoot a very specific animal um it's just like that it's just like that only there's no 14 ring and there's no orange dots so we were we were all shooting that and i thought i think uh i dropped more points on that than i wanted to but i tied alan Burnetta, so i thought okay it's gonna be it's gonna come down to Anytime you tie Alan, it's a, it's a good thing, especially when, uh, you know, Alan makes minimal mistakes. So I thought we had it in the bag. I thought we were, it was going to be a shoot-off between one of us. And then apparently some guy, of course, that I've never heard of, who just kills it with a hunting bow shot five points above both of us. So that was, that was fail number two. Uh, fail number three came Sunday when... We started shooting the the broadhead shoot, which just was awesome. So the broadhead shoot is thirty five targets. It's one arrow each target. It's ten eight five scoring. The ten eight five scoring is great because there is the twelve ring, which all of us target shooters are used to, and it's not in play. So you have an actual pretty decent size spot that you're aiming at. You're aiming at a a large coffee cup it's it's about on most targets it's about five inches uh some of the smaller targets it's like two inches right but it's a it's a generous dot all right i'm shooting 
I figured the closest thing to a broadhead is going to be my rage, rage practice head. And I'm noticing the first three targets is that it's like maybe three yards. It hits like three yards lower than my sight mark. Easy fix. You, you only need two targets to figure out that your arrows aren't hitting where your sight marks are, right? So easy fix. I'm going to do what I call Emerson math, which is where you just add the number of yards to everything. I'm three yards low here. I'm just going to you brain index your sight tape. And so I started adding three yards, and everything was perfect. Those rage broadheads flew really good left or right. And uh, I know that, so they were impacting low, which tells me I could probably tweak my arrow rest. You know, this all applies to target. You know, if you were going to shoot a bear shaft, it's the same thing. It'd be like having a low bear shaft. Um, so, but I'm not going to do that. The bow is accurate enough. And this is my hunting bow. If it was my target bow, yeah, I'll tweak, I'll tweak away on that thing until it's, you know, until I can write my name on the wall with it. But uh, this is my hunting bow. I just don't want it to be accurate at, at distances. So uh, I start doing the brain index. Everything starts coming back. I start hitting a bunch of 10s. Um, I think I miss maybe the fourth or fifth target in by just a hair. So I'm starting to... What's crazy is if you hit eights, right, you're good to go. But if you make a big mistake and you, and you hit a five, you hemorrhage a lot of points. The difference between 10 and 8 is not that big. It's two points. And I'll explain why, it, like, why it's not a big deal. So I dropped a bunch of fives early on figuring out my sight tape, right? Uh, during that time, this guy in our group, who is a really good shooter, named Chris, was, at that time, he's all dialed in. He's getting tens. And... Uh, well, now I figured my game out, right? So I'm shooting tens. Chris starts dropping a, like midway through, he starts dropping eights. Uh, I have to make up two targets to get, uh, to make up for a five, basically. If Chris shoots a ten and I shoot a five, I now need to shoot two tens. He has to shoot two eights, and even then, he still has a one point lead. So if you shoot a five, it really hurts you in this broadhead shoot. You have to. You have to go eights or better, basically. And it's, it's very doable. If your bow is tuned, you know your sight marks, really you just got to aim for the core of the animal. That, that core, uh, you know, the cutout, the big foam core, if you hit that, if you hit that guy, um, you're good to go. Like, that's the... You're just going to be eight or better. But, you know, some of us target guys that aren't really like grizzled hunters... Uh, don't know this stuff. They gotta figure it out on the go, on the go. So, I started catching up to Chris like midway through, and then I got to lean on one of my strengths as a target archer was has always been endurance. For some reason, shooting a bunch of indoor rounds has made it so I can shoot. I want to say all day, and uh, and not burn out. It, it's it's. It comes from that, and then it also comes from really enjoying shooting. And I think now that like my main uh, my main hobby is changing diapers. When I do have a weekend of shooting, 
I'll shoot until both arms fall off. It's just, a, you know, a lot of guys that have been doing this for a long time, I bet you, you could ask them, you know, do you enjoy this? <laughs> do you enjoy what you're doing? And they'll just give you a funny look, because why the hell would they be out there otherwise? So my endur endurance started to kick up. And this is, I don't know if this is like a bad thing or not, but what, whoever your shooting group is that you're in, I always like, that's kind of like a small sample of the rest of the field. Sometimes it isn't, but where you are in that group is kind of like, for me, your motivation. You should always try to be the top guy in that group. And that doesn't mean make an enemy. That doesn't mean that whoever number, you know, whoever you're battling with is like now your, you know, your rival or your, what's the word, muse or whatever. But just use it as a mental reference. All right, like, okay, I'm in second in this group of five. That means in this group of 100, I'm probably going to be 20th, you know, or, or something like that. So I started catching up to Chris, and then I was like, all right, he's fading. That means all these other, you know, weenies are fading. <laughs> and I'm going to start making my slow comeback. And... uh yeah, it didn't quite pan out that way. Turns out uh, there's a lot less weenies shooting bows out there than I thought. Uh, a good friend of mine, James Becker, who used to be a West Coast pro shooter, he showed up. And as far as I knew, I knew he loved to hunt, but I didn't know James was like uh, an extreme bow hunting sniper. Like he, he shot this event better than most freestyle events. Um, Alan Brunetta shot it really good. I think Alan might have won it. I think it, James might have been second. Um, so pretty much when I when I turned in my scorecard, I saw that first place was like twenty six points above me. If you're in any event and it's the the top score is twenty six points above you, you could just start packing it up. But they had a Iron Pig shootout. And uh, Iron Pig can be shot with field points. So I was like, I'm back in it. Here we go. I'm going to win something. Uh, Iron Pig shootout starts at 20 yards. Basically, it's a sheet metal pig with a, a hole cut in the middle. It looked like a, it looked like a four-inch hole. And uh, first, first arrow shot at 20 yards. And, uh, you know, I, I smoked it in Wendell fashion. Very cocky about the 20-yard shot. But so did Rudy Sandoval, I think, uh, David Hogerton, Joe Costarella, I think. Who else shot it? Alan Brunetta shot it. A lot of people shot the 20. A lot of people got weeded out. But basically, if you're a, a target guy, you pass, you pass the 20 real easy. Then we went to the 30-yard, and I shit the bed on the 30. I don't know what I did, but... I blew an arrow up, so I was out. David Hogerton was out. Joe Costarello was out. And these are all guys, we can all do this, but for some reason or another, when you have a crowd, it uh, makes you chicken shit. So Rudy hit it, and then Alan hit it. And then they moved back to 40. And I think at 40, Rudy hit the steal. And then Alan made it in. And that pretty much sealed it. Alan was the winner. And then uh, 
Allen just wanted to prove to everyone that he could do it from, I think it was 50 or 60, which is basically the, the clubhouse kitchen that he was standing on the steps. And he shot it, first shot, made it in. It was awesome. Um, but then me and Rudy were kind of like, Allen doesn't need all this glory. We can, we can do that shot. So me and Rudy got center stage. We stood up on the, that, that deck. And uh, we, there's a, a really funny video of us. I'm trying to like get a mantra go, going with me and Rudy so that we don't get wigged out and that we, uh, we kind of crush Allen's parade. And long story short, we both failed. Uh, we both blew arrows up. It was, it was really funny. I think uh, destroying one arrow is worth a laugh if you can get a good laugh from the audience. So that was the last chance broadhead shoot. It was held by West Coast. It was so much fun. Those guys did uh, a great job putting everything on. And other archery news, Cougar Mountain Father's Day shoot went down. And I don't know if you guys went and did that, but there was a lot of cool stuff. A lot of new, um, a lot of new things kind of happened. First off, this shoot brought out some more young guys. Uh, Drake Taylor came out, and he is. At one time, I was saying the two new shooters are going to be Austin Watson, Drake Taylor. I was like, those guys are going to be it. Tate Morgan came out to shoot it. He's like longtime pro. Everyone knows who he is. I believe Tate cleaned it, but he's just there for fun. So we're not going to count him. <coughs> um, <coughs> my buddy Joel shot it. Joel's a dad who is like, I want to say in his 50s. And if you're in your 40s, Joel, I'm sorry. But I'm pretty sure you're in your 50s. Uh, Joel shot a 919, which is one point away from a 920, and a 920, as far as I'm concerned, is a pro score. Uh, I will even say a 918 plus is a pro score. Joel shot himself into a zero handicap and straight up won the adult men's division. Uh, Joel, uh, I'm super proud of you, buddy. That's amazing. Uh, you should be very proud of yourself. I mean, I know you are. Um, maybe one of these days I can, next time I see you, I'm going to strap a microphone to you and you can tell everyone what you did to get to that score for this event. Because I'm very curious what you would tell people as far as, <clears throat> you know, are you building arrows that, you know, it's taking three days to build because you're spine indexing them? Are you just going out to the field every day? Are you practicing a bunch? I would, I would bet it's that you are constantly out there competing. And that's what it is. It is your time now. But uh, nice work, dude. 919, you're up there with the big boys now. Now it's uh, you're up there with Austin Watts and Mark Rubio. I think Austin Watts got second with a 918. Drake Taylor got third with a 915. Um, these scores are brought to you by DB Customs. Those are my eyes on the field when I can't be there. So good job, Drake Taylor. Uh, you are uh, proving my prophecies. <laughs> and so is Austin. These are all guys that I said would be killing it, and now they're killing it. They're going to put a lot of pressure on us old dogs, like Joel, to step it up and raise the bar to 919, which is 
just out of touch, or just out, just out from being caught. Uh, my friend Bet also placed first in her division, which is a women's freestyle. Uh, Bet did something that was even cooler than that. She Cougar Mountain is they have this thing with a floating ping pong ball where they will float a ping pong ball on like a leaf blower that is fabricated in such a way that this ball just floats. Two years ago, at the the very first California, this is the section of the podcast where I'm going to start bragging, at the first California CBH 3D championship that I won, they had this floating ping pong ball, and it was money. Like, you put money in, and you shoot it, and you get all this money out. I had no money. I was completely broke. And it, this is so crazy that this is like that Joel won it this year because his son loaned me the five dollars to to shoot in this ping pong ball thing. Basically, everyone puts up five bucks, and winner takes all. I think I think they split it so it's like second place gets some. So it's not winner takes all. Winner takes most. And uh, so I remember I was shooting it. And uh, Jacob, Joel's son, loaned me the money. And then Darren and Bet were there. I shot with Darren and Bet all day. And uh, we had a great time. I think I shot a 920. So if that tells you, Cougar, at Cougar Mountain, a 919 or a 920, if you're not Tate Morgan, who's like, get a 924, right? right? If you're a regular guy, a 920 is going to get you there. Or a 919. A high 9-something is going to get you the win. So the ping pong ball challenge, my approach to it is the ping pong ball is going to move, let's say two inches, right? You're at 20 yards. At 20 yards, most of us can hit an X, especially if you're like been shooting freestyle long enough. Most of us can hit an X. So my approach to it was aim in the middle, like the average point of this ping pong ball movement that, you know, there's like a, it, it'll move to the bottom of the, t- of the, of the nine or whatever. And then it'll move to the top of the 10 ring. I'm just going to aim for low in the 10 ring. And I'm just going to rip it. And most likely, that ball will be there. And I hit it every single time. I don't know what Bet's, uh, Bet Crevea's strategy was. I'm definitely going to have to ask her. But basically, a bunch of people got to shoot this ping pong ball, right? And then it goes into shoot-off mode, where it's the people that made it are still there. And then everyone that's eliminated takes a hike. You, they donated money, all right? Bet, Bet hits it. She's in it. She looks at the field of other shooters that are there. It's Kevin Pierce, Tate Morgan, and Austin Watts. It's like four four people that I would... I wouldn't mind shooting off against Kevin because he's, he's a nice guy. And I feel like... I feel like just mental challenges... He, he'll crush himself on a mental challenge. But Tate Morgan and Austin Watts... Those guys, those guys will do whatever they can to get into a shoot-off, like the highest pressure shoot-off. They want the, they want the meanest challenge they can. And Bet is just like the nicest person ever. So I'm sure for a minute she was like, what? And that was a shoot-off. Bet, Austin, Tate, and uh, Kevin Pierce. For those that don't know, Kevin Pierce is Paige Pierce's dad. So this is like the who's who of like deep north California uh, target shooting right there. Best from Napa. <clears throat> so these are all NorCal shooters. Uh, 
Bet gets up there, nails it again. Now, I don't know how many times Bet shot this ping pong ball to win it, but she won it. So she beat Tate, Austin, and Kevin. And uh, I can only imagine what her pressure felt like. It's like, imagine a one-arrow shoot-off but the, at 20 yards, but the target's dancing up and down. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. So one thing we know for sure, Bet's 20-yard is on. And her 20-yard game is nothing to be fucked with. Uh, congratulations, Bet. Uh, we're all really, we're all super stoked. I mean, that's, I know after, I still have the two ping pong balls that I shot to win that thing. I only had to shoot it twice. And uh, I still have those ping pong balls somewhere in my, my archery collection. But that's a huge feather under your cap. And I remember when I shot it, there was a little girl from Fat Shafts. Uh, I can't remember her name. But she would win all the kids, you know, all the kids like Discovery Park Fita stuff. And she's winning all kinds of stuff. And her parents were, you know, putting all that energy behind her. Make sure she had the sponsors, the Spider Archery logo on her jersey. And I remember she shot that ping pong ball. And I was like, I'm going to fuck this kid up. <laughs> they don't even know what shooting 20. You want to know how to shoot 20 yards? I do this all day. And uh, I think I crushed her dreams. She got second place, though. She got she got a little bit of money, but um, that's who I had to. That's who I had to beat. I had to beat a little girl for that. Bet you had to beat prophecy, like my prophecy, Austin, and then Tate. You know, Paige's project, or I know Tate was always good though, and then Kevin. So it's like Jesus. I I could only imagine, but uh, anyway. Good job, Bet. And maybe we can get Darren to fashion up some kind of ping pong ball apparatus, and we can have our own shoot off. <laughs> but uh, so that was pretty much the weekend, guys. Cougar Mountain. You know, I, I'm sure a bunch of you guys were driving home yesterday, looking at your iTunes, going, "There's no archery unfiltered podcast." I was just too tired. I'll, I'll send you guys. I'm doing this one today. It's Monday. I'm sure it's gonna get no listens because it's a fucking Monday, and most of you guys will work, but I'm going to get back to recording them on Sundays, trying to cut them out Sundays, so you guys can listen on your drive home from whatever event it is, upcoming event is going to be the 1440, it's like a FIDA, I think it's a California championship in Sacramento, I will be shooting it. Uh, all my 1440 arrows got stolen in my car break-in, so I think I'm going to be rolling Super Drive 19s that were donated by my buddy Bob. And so, uh, it's funny. I, I lost a bunch of stuff in this car break-in, but I came out, like, on top almost. I got, I got new arrows from Bob. I got new arrows from my buddy Louie. I got a new quiver that I paid for like a sucker. But, you know, a bunch of people hooked me up with, with stuff, a lot of people came forward to help me out. I uh, can't say I deserve all that, but thank you, everybody. Um, I want to thank my sponsors, DB Custom Coatings. It's a Coating business out of Napa. Darren and Bet are all, they're the, the two set, like, they strip and Saracote bows. Uh, if anyone saw Casey Coffold kick an ass at, like, what is it, like Olympic trials or something? There's some kind of, world trials or olympic trials or something going on casey coffle just smashed and if you look at her bow it's 
it's two different colors. It's like a, it's like orange and red. I think it's like orange on the tips and then red in the middle. Darren Cerakoted her bow. Um, it looks freaking cool. Uh, I'm very tempted. Like I, I say this every podcast. I mean, I have Darren do one of my bows. I'm just, just trying to get the, these bows shooting, trying to figure out what I like, how to set them up in a way that I'll feel comfortable tearing them down and then rebuilding them again. It's probably going to be right after deer season, but, uh, check it out. Casey Koffel's bow looks really cool. Uh, Darren's bow is Cerakoted. He doesn't just do solid colors. He's done an American flag on a, on a Hoyt, but it looked really cool. Uh, he does distressed stuff. I'm going to try to make him do camo on one of my bows, which he hates doing because it's like, if you, if you've ever masked anything off and spray painted it, imagine doing it like six times and then not fucking it up at all. (laughs) So Maybe I'll get him good and drunk one day and then we'll see one of my bows will come out camo. Um, and then thanks to Carbon Craft Stabilizers, uh, they're, you know, as of right now, they're the best stabilizer on the market, at least as far as I'm concerned, that isn't going to cost you seven or 800 bu- 100 bucks there. They're the stiffest, lightest stabilizer out there. Austin Watts shoots them. That should tell you something. It would be really cool if we could get Mark Rubio shooting them, but Mark Rubio has a thing for shooting bee stinger bars from the 90s. So... I'm kind of tempted to set up, maybe I could borrow one of Mark's bars and put it on my deflection table, and we can see how how good those bars are. We can weigh one, and, but I know he he wouldn't give me one to test just because he uses them. But anyway, that you know, Carbon Craft bars are good. I'm not going to tell you it's the only thing out there because I've seen good scores shot on 1993 uh, manufactured bee stingers. This weekend. At that USAT in Sacramento, it's going to be me versus Mark Rubio. It's going to be battle of a. It's David and Goliath. It's California Cobra versus uh, the Grizzled Old Wolf. It's going to be the a battle for the ages. Uh, I'm hoping I can get Mark on this podcast to interview him on Saturday. Uh, Randy Long has already agreed to an interview, and if you guys have never talked to Randy Long, he's a tournament shooter. It's been around forever. It's a lot of wisdom. He's seen it all. He's done all the big events. So hopefully uh, hopefully this podcast hits you guys at a decent time. And, you know, I gave you something good to listen to next week, all right? So thank you, everyone. Take care.